Well, tonight. <laughs> oh man. Well, Peter, we we have to start with Deathstalker because uh, I think I have a new favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie fucking rules, man. <laughs> yeah, we got to start with it. I just finished it about twenty minutes ago too, so it's it's fresh in That's the brain. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cheap and easily torn apart by a lot of, you know, critical standards. And, uh, man, when we talk about an 83 movie delivering on its premise yeah, and just delivering hardcore and fearlessly and doing shit we'd never see nowadays, at least not in a major theatrical release film. I mean, this movie actually made money. It was budgeted at like $457,000. Its gross was $11.9 million, which yeah. would be like... 30 million a day and that's that's no mega hit but that would be a huge gross for this type of thing today and that's a huge return on investment no matter what i mean this wasn't just some like drive-in niche throwback thing it was a major release and, yeah and that's it's, fucking nuts it really is because <laughs> i i don't i had never heard of this movie before and yeah i was gonna ask you that as, as yeah. usual but uh oh man yeah it it it's <laughs> this movie is so crazy, Ron. I don't yeah. even. But it's like it's the most insane breath of fresh air, though, right? It's another yes. one of these that I have no idea why or how I missed it when I was ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that not that I was ten in '83, but when I finally started, you know, renting stuff on my own and seeking out crazy shit. But ten-year-old me would have watched the shit out of this movie like every weekend if I knew it existed, right? <laughs> I kind of I kind of remember the title and the the video box in hindsight when I saw the artwork and, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I, I guess I I do remember this thing sort of existing, but I never thought to pick it up and and I never would have thought of it again if not for it coming up on the calendar for right. this podcast." <laughs> the, which uh... which by the way, this is a podcast called The Big 40 with with Ron and Peter. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, your one of your hosts named Ron. And I'm the other <laughs> host named Peter. Hi, Peter. Hello. <laughs> the uh, artwork of these movies is fantastic. The uh, um, of the box, I mean, not the not the actual special effects or any of that right. artistry, but uh, the the drawings are kind of cool in that old school, early yeah. '80s pseudo comic. Well, I made some style. some notes about that, and I was gonna get into it at some point. But yeah, there's like a, even just on Tubi alone, there's a ton of these. Uh, yep. There's probably I don't know a half a dozen or or maybe ten yep. different things of this nature, and some of them are sequels to this. But uh, yeah, they all have that same sort of aesthetic. And to be fair, this movie obviously came out in the wake of Conan, and I'm sure that was its major driving force and all that. And 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 Conan had similar style video boxes, and that's probably where a lot of these post Conan things are, are also cribbing their artwork from, but, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's a, it's cool. It's catchy. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't care about it when I was younger. Um, I, well, this movie came out September 2nd, 1983. And, and to be fair, uh, like I said, it, it's one of those just kind of post Conan cash in things and sword and sorcery and stuff. And I, I never really got too into that stuff. I, I, I did like Conan when we watched it for this podcast last year. But I, it wasn't anything that was really on my radar before that. And ironically, He-Man was like my bread and butter as a kid. Like, I was obsessed. I ever tell you the story about how I got this scar on my arm? You probably can't see it right mm-hmm. here. But uh, 
I, I don't, it's not going to show up anyway. So I was maybe five or six years old and my mom came to pick me up from like daycare or after school care or whatever. Mm. And normally I would go home and watch He-Man at like four o'clock. And I was like, Oh, we got to go home and watch He-Man. And she goes, well, you have to go get your hair cut. And I was like, no. And, and she's, but anyway, I ended up storming out of there and I went to just like push the door open, but you know, it was like a glass door and I pushed my hand right through that motherfucker and oh, it like man. cut up my arm. Yeah. And I needed stitches and all this crap. So I missed T-Man anyway, but that gives you an idea of where my, uh, <laughs> where my love for, for He-Man was. was this um, so, school? so I, it was at, it was at like an after school okay. daycare thing. Mm-hmm. And also I was five, so it wasn't even anywhere where we grew up. This was back in like, I don't know, Pewaukee or some shit. Okay. So, so somewhere in Pewaukee, there's a hole in, in their door with like a plaque <laughs> that says, Ron was the here. the one true He-Man. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, my point is, so I love some of that that buff hero with a sword and dark magic shit, uh, but that just didn't translate into movies for me for some reason. Um, I think I felt He-Man was funny and imaginative, and there's that transformation aspect, uh, which I thought was cool, and, and the different characters, especially the villains. I mean, you got shit like Merman and Beastman, and, and it's all like all very descriptive of their character. Like, Clawful is a guy with crab hands and yeah. shit. Like, that's awesome, right? But these movies yep. aren't really... they're. They're just more kind of dark and nihilistic, and and I don't know. They just didn't, didn't appeal me in the same way, or or even at all, I guess. And and then the box art is pretty generic of this sort of you know Conan type thing too. So so yeah, I, I just for whatever reason it was just never on my radar. And if I did walk past it at the video store, I probably just straight ignored it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I was going to ask you if you you heard of it or saw it, but I guess you said no. So no, not until this podcast. It, uh... It's certainly one I'll never forget, or at least for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's both good in good ways and good in bad ways and in bad in a lot of uh, ways that we probably would. I mean, the, the hero spends a lot of time raping people, which is yes. <laughs> not great of, of your hero. But then at the same time, I guess, do you appreciate a movie that is just kind of like, hey, maybe this is like how it was back then and. Right. These guys are complicated here. I mean, no, that's <laughs> that's giving it too much credit and <laughs> Right. <laughs> but but you can look at it that way if if you want. Right. To. If this was If this was made now for like 200 million dollars as some like rousing epic by Ridley Scott or whatever and there was yeah. a bunch of uh problematic hero raping people, that would be 100% intentional for us to dissect and and whatever right. and and this movie isn't probably on that level but there's no reason we can't look at it that way and um give it the benefit of the doubt at least so we seem too sleazy and cheap for enjoying this thing <laughs> right. that really it's... doesn't make us look very good telling people to watch it but but it is the best movie i've seen this year i'll say that <laughs> and it's funny because your 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 lead actor mr Deathstalker himself uh rick hill actor as, in quotes yes <laughs> as the charisma of a dust mop basically and yeah <laughs> yep. and yet this it still all works it uh it's... i wrote down that he's got a peter weller face and a dolph lundgren body and not yep. much else it's <laughs> <laughs> very accurate <laughs> uh he hasn't done much else he, I, I, he's in the sequel to this um and he does apparently have a role in liar liar when i was looking at his filmography which is maybe the biggest movie he's ever been a part of and i have no idea what he was in that because i only saw that movie once back in 
97. I did not worship at the altar of Jim Carrey like many of our uh, colleagues. Our contemporaries. Our yeah. age group. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, he was a running back in college for Georgia Tech and wow. played in the Canadian Football League. So that's everything I know about Mr. Rick Hill. But uh, he's fine in this. Uh, but yeah, it's not like he's any Schwarzenegger, although... I don't know what people really thought of Schwarzenegger back in 82, just doing Conan and stuff, you know, pre-Terminator, even, even Terminator. I, I don't know where the, the ball flipped on him as being like an actual charismatic actory type guy, but I don't know this Rick, Rick Hill over here doesn't embarrass himself too much compared to some of that. Like no. he's, he's adequate for the tone of this movie kind of in on the show. I mean, I don't know if they know it's a joke, but he's, he's, he's level with everybody else. Let's put it that way. He yeah. doesn't stand out as a, like a sore thumb or anything. So, yeah, that that's very well. He he plays the jail guard, jail guard and liar liar. By the way, I never saw oh, okay. it, but um, at least that's a pretty big role for him. I mean, a pretty big movie for him to be in for everything else looking like B movies that he's done. Right, and that's weird because it seems like a lifetime later from this. But then you think about it, and you're like, well, that was only what like 14 years after this movie came yeah. out. It's been like triple that time frame. Since. <laughs> I know, isn't that weird? <laughs> that was already God. 26 years ago yeah God. so crazy uh-huh. uh there's no real uh explanation of the time origin or or backstory of this movie i guess we're supposed to think this is in in sort of the the, the conan the barbarian times right so yep. it's another kind of rip off one year later a lot of similar beats assuming uh, i'm remembering conan correctly but this guy doesn't start out as a child the way Conan does, but other than that, it's sort of the the marauding bad guy gang going after the good guys, and it's set in this sort of time of black magic and swords and horses and flying monsters and you know <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, um, it doesn't have it doesn't have the budget and scope and and scale and all that of Conan, uh, which itself seemed rather quaint forty years later. But next to this, it looks like a multi-million dollar epic you know, but. it's like avatar but this but this still looks looks good despite you know the shaky cameras and the pedestrian performances and all that i, I think this movie looks pretty good it, yeah you know and conan parts of conan look pretty stagey and kind of crappy too and we were like yeah but you know for the time this not only did they probably think it was better but but it's it's fun it's fun to watch conan now and and see that and it doesn't like totally embarrass itself even though you know what his props and uh it, whatever else and muppets and shit and i don't know if this movie is as good as that i think yeah so <laughs> guys with pig faces and yeah weird yeah monster people that eat body parts and clearly just wearing halloween masks yeah <laughs> yeah they i mean if i was to try if somebody just says what is it about i'm like I, it's it's sword and sorcery i don't it's nothing that hasn't yeah. been told before it's like you said a lot like conan but you know well they're going after an amulet and stuff um uh yeah i, I jotted down some notes i can probably piece it back to you but yeah off the top of my head like hey what was the plot of this movie i don't know i have to i have to we have to go through it in, <laughs> yeah. in order here for me to bring it all back but it's it's kind of the same thing he's trying to rescue a, a girl right well it's actually didn't isn't conan the uh they're after some like princess who's been kidnapped either by her own father or or some other uh, yeah high priestess king bad guy and this movie is the exact same plot basically right yeah rick hill a death stalker is charged with having to go find uh the the, the princess, princess or the daughter yep. of, 
It's pretty ballsy, man. You make a movie that's basically the exact same movie. <laughs> but this movie, they were like, oh, no, here's what sets our movie apart. A lot more tits. <laughs> and just yeah. tits after tits after tits. If a you lot. want tits. Yeah. <laughs> and some swords. Yeah. More tits than swords. Yep. In this movie called Death Stalker. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's not get it. Let's not get out of the uh, quote unquote plot. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's an amulet or something. <laughs> yep. Uh, I like how he rescues the girl from being raped and, and whatever else was about to happen to her. And then immediately once they're safe, takes her clothes off and begins to have sex with her. Yes. I mean, it's consensual. It, like this, this scene's consensual, but yeah. uh, still feels weird. And then they try to make him funny with the hero one-liners and throwaway lines. He says, uh, I guess this isn't my day either when he's interrupted trying to have sex with this girl. <laughs> As if, like, whatever she just went through is right. equal to him not being able to get laid. The poor guy. So fucking dumb. Yeah. I feel bad for Rick Hill, a.k.a. Yeah. the Death Stalker. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, then that that girl gets punched. Also, there's a lot of girls getting punched in this movie. Oh yeah. So, so not only are there rapes, but also a lot of female violence. And look, I know I'm saying this is the best movie I've seen this year, and that makes me sound like a real piece of shit. But you got to understand, this movie is fucking balls to the wall. Just God, I mean, we don't we don't get enough of not not so much the the rapes and stuff, but I'm saying we don't get enough of these movies that just really. Don't give a fuck. They don't give right just, exactly. Just go for it. <laughs> I had no idea that it was going to be like this. Like I figured, its rating, its R rating was just going to be sheerly on violence. But I mean, and yeah, there's yep. there's quite a bit of blood, and there's a person getting beheaded constantly, and there's a drawn yep. quarter situation going on. But yeah, it's uh, it's also like well, you said, more tits than swords. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and one thing about the nudity in this movie, too, it's like I, I almost want to say it's like organic in a way, because there's all these scenes where it, it's just people running around or, or there it's like a fight sequence and, and like tits just like sort of fall out. Uh -huh. I'm sure it's kind of by design, but it's more just like they're wearing these outfits. Right. And, you know, when, yeah. when they start moving around, that's going to happen. And it's like I kind of appreciate that, too, because a lot of these movies, there's all this somehow these people who live in an era where they're just wearing rags and uh, they, they hang around in, like bathhouses and shit when it comes to like an action sequence, like somehow that all just stays perfectly, yeah. you know, tight to the body or it doesn't come off or whatever. And, and you can always tell which actresses had the, uh, the nudity clause and you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas this movie is just like, Hey, here's a whole bunch of people in a room. We're going to film this fucking orgy, not like sex or like or fight orgy. Yeah. And, and we're just going to like go for it. And you know, if your shit goes flying off, like tough shit, it's, it's, and it's equal opportunity offender. There's plenty of male nudity in this movie too. Like yeah. it's just, it's, it's such a fun thing to watch when you realize it's just a bunch of people who don't have the, um, they don't have to worry about some of the shit that they have to worry about nowadays. And I don't even mean that from a, like, oh, people don't want sex scenes anymore. You better worry about watching your shit. It's more just like, listen, we got to get this movie made. And like, if your like, costume flies up over your head, that's just <laughs> tough shit. We're like putting it in the take. And, right. And I think that's that's kind of, it's almost like guerrilla filmmaking in a way. And I think that 
movies like that are are way better you know they don't necessarily look better they don't have the budget they don't have like great dramatic chops and all this but even some of the grindhouse shit from the 60s and 70s that's the pleasure of watching that now it's just like man these people just like ran around naked and made a movie that's insane (laughs) they're i mean i don't want to say they're having a blast making this because i don't know i can't speak for the actors but they certainly they certainly go all out with with everything in this movie there's it's 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 a fun movie to watch yeah sure is if as long as you can get past some of the like cringy shit which oh yeah you, you gotta do in these 83 movies mm-hmm. i'm not making excuses if if i made it now i'd, I'd still want all the, the bread and butter shit that you're coming to this movie for i, I would yeah. cut out the hero being you know as rapey as he is we'll, we'll get to some of that stuff but uh yeah if, if you're offended by just the uh the the naked body you should stay you should stay the fuck stay away from way movie. away from this movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah anyway Deathstalker's like what is that an amulet and uh, he's talking to this witch apparently and the witch is like it's one of the three powers of creation uh monkar monkar i think it's monkar controls two-thirds uh she's like you got to join the three to bring the power so retrieve the sword and the amulet Amulet's the key to life. The sword is the sword of justice. With your strength and courage, Deathstalker, you can use the power in the sword to get the amulet. So this is kind of like a He-Man thing going on. He's got the mm-hmm. quote, power sword and whatnot. He doesn't transform and have like a cool cat that's not brave <laughs> and then brave. But there's there's a little bit of that in there. So, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, so, so she says, with the sword and amulet, you can take the chalice... And reunite the three powers of creation. Which, by the way, don't let me skip over this. Because at the end, they, they set this up like it's going to be this huge fucking thing. And at the end, there's literally a scene of him just holding the chalice and the sword. A light flashes and the credits fucking roll. It's, uh-huh. it's literally just the most throwaway crap. They set up this entire like mythology as if... yeah. Uh, save the world it's gonna free a bunch of people who, who fucking knows and so the movie's like nope and like nope. <laughs> you, you completed your it's like a video game ending like congratulations yeah. you completed your task the world is safe goodbye yeah. <laughs> so yeah with the sword and the amulet you can take the chalice and reunite the three powers of creation Monkar already holds the first two powers the amulet of life and the chalice of death reunite the three powers and you can do anything you will be the power she says uh, so again, to that end, it's very Conan and, and like I said, kind of very He-Man. But uh, why uh, why the shit has Hollywood never done a solid He-Man adaptation? I won't know. That's my one thing watching this movie and Conan and stuff like that. I'm like, how can we make so many of these movies? Right. And we have not like I, I I'm obviously a big He-Man fan. I don't know where you stand on that, but every fucking six months on Twitter or whatever else, it's like, oh, new new writer for the the new He-Man movie, and they're like, oh, new director, like, oh, new star, and then you don't yeah. hear anything for six months. It's like, oh, movie scrapped at uh, Sony, moves over to blah blah blah, <laughs> and then six months later, you're like, well, we've got a new guy writing the script, and this has been going on since literally at least since the Transformers movie was a hit, and, and probably even before that, and. I just don't get it. I like the 1987 Golan Globus uh, rendering as a camp classic and all that. And I'm sure any other adaptation attempted in the 80s would not look any better than that. So when people give that movie shit, I don't, I don't, I kind of dismiss that. And a lot of people like it now for its camp value and stuff. But they, they could have made 10 He-Man movies that looked like this movie. Or they could have made, you know, 10 big budget He-Man movies that look like Lord of the Rings or something. Right. And like got in all the mythology. Like, I don't care either one. But like, why can't somebody do that like why was that just an unattainable goal right for hollywood when we're 
ankle deep in the mutant ninja turtle shit and transformers crap you couldn't get a michael bay or a Zack snyder or somebody come out and do a big he-man movie right that they not that i want that i mean right (laughs) no i know what you mean but like they keep bringing back gi joe which you know movie wise Mm -hmm. was not not very good especially considering how much i enjoyed the cartoon but like now they're now they're gonna bring it back again yeah but uh yeah like yeah, like you said, I never saw the the movie. I was a big fan of the of the cartoon as a kid. What are we talking about now? Um, of He Man, yeah. Of uh, He Man, yeah. yeah. I I don't get the like I said, GI Joe. I think is maybe easier to make, right? Because it's just guys in like military outfits yep. and shit. You can make that movie, and you can make it look like any other movie that's out right now. Transformers is obviously harder, but that's also like more of a, a easy sell, right? Like, oh, you want to see these robots transform and high quality CGI and 3d nowadays. Like yeah. here you go. And I get that Ninja Turtles has mostly largely been animated since those original movies, but they keep making money every time they make one of those. I just don't get why it's so hard to get a fucking He-Man movie off the ground, especially when you watch, there's a gazillion of these, as we talked about these eighties sword and sorcery movies, they should have been able to, to do it. I really don't know what the problem was, but Frankly, I might have liked one of these better if they did it this route, but I don't know. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's weird to think what what gets greenlit. Well, I mean, nowadays it's so many bad ideas get greenlit and remakes and reboots and reboots of reboots and shit. Yeah, but yeah, this one that for some reason they've decided to not that that that's the one that's having problems getting off the ground, like. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. There's so many popular cartoons from our day, too, that haven't been touched. You know, Thundercats would be cool and uh, Voltron mm-hmm. and shit. But I'm wondering if maybe, like, that's tougher because, okay, with He-Man, you got this whole transformation aspect. And now you got to have, like, a big dude. And, you know, do you make that CGI or do you have two different actors? And, um, you know, what do you, how, do you, how do you have Battle Cat? Like, the, the fucking 80s movie just jettisoned all that there was no battle cat there was no like prince adam there was no transformation scene you didn't even fucking hold his sword up and say by the power of grayskull until the the very end and it was like just really before the credits roll yeah it's like and that's why people like me who as much as i kind of enjoy that movie and and think it's fun to watch it's not it's not like your he-man movie they just they skimp on so much stuff so sure at least compared to the cartoon. There's a whole like comic lineage and like other things that don't even have Prince Adam in it and whatnot. So I guess maybe purists are like, oh, well, actually, you know, it works as a fine human. Fine, whatever. But just saying. <laughs> for, for us kids who grew up on the cartoon, that's the shit we want. Yeah. But anyway, back to this movie called Deathstalker, which uh, would be a great <laughs> He-Man movie, except no kids could see it. But... <laughs> <laughs> they would not have a toy line for, the, for this yeah. one. Um, yeah, I said, uh, I thought Rick Hill was uh, affable and funny, and uh, so was the, the movie and the script. It might be unintentional, uh, but I think both both him and the, the script get quite a bit of mileage out of some of the, the goofier shit that goes on in this movie. He's about to take a drink, and the witch pops up and says, your thirst should only be for the sword. And then he gets the sword easily, even to his own surprise. <laughs> yeah, from this... And, <laughs> Uh, from this big dude who just is a, yeah. a wimp. I don't. Even... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was super weird. Yeah, the sword fights and uh, choreography are a little lame and stuff too, but they're fun in a in a campy way, nonetheless. Just like pretty much everything else about this 
silly movie, including the over-the-top score and random moments of just bloodletting. <laughs> they're, they're, they're few and far between enough that when it hits, it's surprising, even though it's not very realistic or never gross or anything. So again, it's 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 not a failure against its potential, but it's just, it's, it's the perfect cartoon rendering of the same thing Conan was trying to lay down. You know, Conan was trying to be sort of maybe a little more serious or like this, this actual movie that you could tell they wanted to have some sort of um, what's the word for it? Uh, you know, mythos or, or backstory. Mm-hmm. They were going to go. Th- this movie is just kind of like, here, here's all this shit. And then every once in a while, there'd just be like a bunch of gore, like thrown at the screen. You're like, Whoa, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Or, or, you know, a bunch of boobs yeah. or like anytime you might be getting a little like bored with the story. It's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. We, we remember oh, this is the kind of movie we are. <laughs> here's a Christ, severed that's... head or, <laughs> yeah, let's have six people just randomly attacking a woman yeah. for no other reason other than all the men in this movie are just disgusting hornballs. But they, yeah. so they need they need a scene so they she can be rescued and have six more guys be stabbed and beheaded and <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. that's a great point. Just when just when it gets slowing down, you there's now we're in a now we're in this guy's castle and there's there's mud wrestlers and there's chicks everywhere right. and all of a sudden they start fighting for no reason. And I don't even. And the camera in this movie is so fucking horny. Like it's not, you know, it, it'd be one thing if you're like, Oh, here's a, a shot of some mud wrestlers, but it's just like, there's like a random, like three seconds, just watching a butt walk around and like a, uh-huh. watching some boobs. But it's like, they're like, they know exactly where, what, what their yeah. audience is here, like what they're going for. And, but again, if I was ten years old seeing this movie for the first time, I would have just oh, man. watched yeah. this every single weekend. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. The picture, the artwork for Death Stalker Two is fucking phenomenal too. It's him with like just the slightest bit of cloth covering his wang, and then I don't know who the chick is, but they're both just built and shredded yeah <laughs> yeah like all those great. posters look the same yeah, yeah so uh what uh when did that one come out did i see like 85 or four 80, something? 87 i believe oh that long okay yeah but there I were like some spin-offs too. and shit in between weren't there or other things that are like kind of connected to this movie like yeah this uh september 12th of 87 was when the sequel was released I bet you that movie is a lot less fun, just based on the fact that it's been four years. I bet they did not uh, hit the same notes, yeah. or at least not as hard as this one. But I'm interested to see it. Uh, I don't know if you want to wait four years or if we should just watch it sometime for the hell of it. But yeah, we might we might have to. It's got a different guy playing Deathstalker in the second one. Oh, well, I thought he was in at least another one he's of these. In, he's in he's in number four. Oh, okay. Rick Hill is, <laughs> but not two or three apparently. His comeback is like the father of Deathstalker, <laughs> right? <laughs> Revenge of the Deathstalker. So there's there's this one sex scene in the in the troll he saves and is reunited or returned to his human form is just kind of like looking on and smiling. <laughs> I just wrote that down. I don't I don't remember <laughs> that scene, but. <laughs> I I was super confused. I'm like, wait, is that him? Is he a normal person now? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like how the advent of a g-string uh, is is a thing in, in mm-hmm. this time. Like, I don't I don't know when that came to be, but you'd think they would just be full on 
bottomless, you know, or, or, or fully right. nude at that point. I'm not really sure what the point of the, the G string would be in this day and age, but <laughs> right. Um, uh, Moncar is uh, played by Bernard Erhard. Uh, he was, he was in Firefox the previous year and, that, and that's about it. He died in 2000 at the age of 66. Um, he kind of looks like a half-ass Zod from Superman. Um, he does. Says, yeah. <laughs> says I've ruled longer than most of you have lived and now I'm old and someone has to take my place but he looks about 45 in this movie so I'm <laughs> really not sure what the deal is with that <laughs> yeah he's but, about uh, almost 50 when when they made this movie yeah that's what I'm saying he looks even younger than that so yeah <laughs> he doesn't really qualify as the old uh, <laughs> whatever you call that ruler guy being put out to pasture and whatnot but right uh, then he's like, "Meet my bride," and it's Barbie Benton, who um, is see she's she's in a see-through white gown, and then a pig-faced dude is about to rape her when uh, you know guys step in to challenge him. Then it just turns into a big fight orgy, like I was talking about, with the camera lingering on boobs and butts and everyone trying to get with the bride, uh, and and some of the lamest, slowest thrown punches you've ever seen. And it's awesome. Yeah. But did, did you see like the when they showed like some of those like wide shots of the, the crowd or, or the guys fighting and there's just guys going uh, uh, uh-huh. like, <laughs> just yeah. just throwing punches. It's so yeah. bad. I was looking at this like, man, they didn't they just they the director must have just said, just look like you're fighting and they probably yeah. ran that scene a bunch of times, different cuts and <laughs> you're getting the <laughs> yeah it was even when uh when lana clarkson is is uh fighting a couple of the guys like i can't even tell like at first it's like is she going in to fight them because like she's throwing punches but you don't see them landing it's super weird camera work on that yeah and then Deathstalker's just like enjoying the shit out of this too like he's mm-hmm. just spoiled uh i don't know what his deal is like what again i don't really know his backstory is he supposed to be some kind of more more of like a yeah. rich kid you know whatever you would call like a a yuppie warrior back in those days or something <laughs> right. it's just he's just kind of like i've seen it all like these guys are all beneath me i don't care about this i'm better than them i look better i'm just gonna let these mud people fight and you mm-hmm. know, it's just it's pretty funny i don't know <laughs> yeah, even like when when one of the guys is starting to to rape the the princess or whatever or his new bride or whatever he he's kind of sitting there for another couple minutes like just yeah. looking so unimpressed and un <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I guess I'll get up and very slow to react. Over. Yeah, yeah. You know, well and and to be fair, that's kind of how everybody in this movie is, you know, you you everything is telegraphed. You're just watching guy after guy like try to go to the girl then they get taken out then the next guy comes up and it's just it's yeah. uh, i mean and i'm making it sound dumb or whatever i i it was it was very very entertaining i was enjoying the shit out of myself watching this movie but Deathstalker ultimately gets the girl uh, in the midst of all this chaos uh but when he wins they show a few couples getting it on who only turn away from what's happening like just now to see what like why the commotion <laughs> stopped so there's just yeah. all this <laughs> All these people in the background just having sex or going on about their day or whatever, and then they they hear the fight stop and they go, "Oh, what? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." I was laughing at that too. Yeah, they they couldn't have been bothered to turn away from fucking <laughs> while right. all this is going, on. but only when it ends, they snap to attention. Like, "Whoa, whoa what's happening?" 
And then there's these pig warthog creatures beating dudes to death with their own severed arms and stuff. I mean, this movie is fucking crazy. It looks it looks so yeah. silly, but it's like it's not off putting, um, and it's not you know harrowing or anything. It's just silly and fun, and that's that's good. I don't know. I mean, there there's a place for a movie like this, and it's it's here on the big four zero, big four zero Hall of Fame contender, <laughs> Death Star. When I uh, yeah when when I started my day with the uh with the other film and and then was midway through this i'm like this this has the feel of a it's already old school because we're we're a year into this now but this is this is like our yeah this is our bread and butter right here this is these, exactly these what you want that, yeah. yeah these movies well, that have so like, so you watch revenge of the ninja first on this i watched it reverse i watched yeah. this one and then revenge of the ninja. but i watched them both in the same night um i'll okay. get to my thoughts about the other one too but yeah, uh, well, I'll just say this. This movie is only 80 minutes long, which I didn't know mm-hmm. going into it. Um, that is a perfect length for a film like this. And it feels like 60 minutes long. I remember I paused it because I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. But when I paused it, I saw there was only seven minutes left. And I was like, well, fuck, I'll just finish <laughs> this thing off. I thought I was only like yeah. 35 minutes into it or something. This movie just <laughs> flies by. It's Yeah, it absolutely does. Seeing how good it is. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, and, and so we were talking about how you know it's just silly and funny instead of being like gross and whatnot, and um, you know that's I guess that's kind of true with some of this rapey stuff. Uh, if this movie played all the rape and gore shit straight, it'd be off-putting and hard to take. These dudes with eyes getting gouged out, just passed out, or or there's this one guy that's like just like chained to a a pillar with his like eyes uh-huh. missing. I don't know if he's alive or dead, uh-huh. but uh, uh, Munkar or whatever walks by and just kind of like taps him on the head, like, "Oh, that's you know, good job, son. That's like, that's boy. where you're supposed yeah. to be." What the fuck is that shit? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he feeds feeds the eyeballs to his little monster friend that he keeps in a you know treasure chest type thing. Like nuts. What the fuck? Nutty shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and zero explanation for any of this. Just like this is that's how you know it's a bad guy. Uh, oh yeah. oh, how about this? How about where uh, Monkar turns one guy into a woman to trap Deathstalker? <laughs> that seems nuts. She tries to kill him, uh, you know, for the the sword. And he's about to rape her yeah. anyway until he realizes something is off with her and and kicks her out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? You were about to rape her, dude. What the fuck is going on? He's like, oh, hey, baby. And she like kind of puts up a fight because she's actually like a dude who has like a mission to try to steal his sword or whatever. And she's kind yeah. of fighting him off. And he's like, oh, you know, as if if she's just putting up a fight to not be raped. And he doesn't even know it's a guy. Like, that's that's the one scene right. where I was just like, did this? You couldn't have come up with a better. I mean, right. Good on good on Munkar for knowing his one weakness, which is that he will <laughs> rape any girl right. in his path. It's fucking Death Stalker. Just call him like Rape Stalker. Right? Was he born with the name Death Stalker? What do we know about? We don't know anything about Death Stalker unless I completely we don't missed know anything. it. Yeah. Maybe they took ninety oh, seconds out of this eighty-minute movie to explain his backstory, <laughs> but I don't. I don't recall it. And that's fine. That's right. even better. I don't need another 10 minutes of this movie just so we have to hear about his childhood or fucking whatever. Yeah. 
They're probably like, hey, listen, like you guys saw Conan. Yeah, his parents were all murdered. Yeah. He was end up in Munkar's like slave ship or whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Who cares? Just here he is. He's a rapist. Just deal with it. <laughs> so so that girl runs into the arms of Kiera, a female warrior taking along with Deathstalker, played by Lana Clarkson. She only wears a G-string and a cloak, which I think is really fucking funny. <laughs> so like every time she's walking around, this is another one of these things I'm talking about where it's just like as, as long as the, the, the dress falls that way, the, the tits are coming yeah, out. and They're out there, yeah. <laughs> her role in this movie. <laughs> uh, and she turns back into her real male self and kills Kiara, and uh, this movie is just fucking insane. So now she's dead. <laughs> Deathstalker doesn't really seem to care that much because he's more into nope. Barbie Benton at this point anyway, but... Yeah. Also, he'll just fuck anything that moves, apparently. So, <laughs> right. The uh, real quick, the Boston Globe said that uh, the movie is so bad that the director can't even give you a credible decapitation. Fuck the Boston and Globe. It drips, right? It drips with derivative dullness. See, I didn't think it was ever dull. You know, it drips with derivative dullness. It's every fucking Boston movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I take exactly. I, I mean, I, I love the town, but uh, you know, Boondock Saints yeah. or whatever. Get the fuck. Out yeah, of here. yeah. I don't. I don't think the, the Departed's all that good. Yeah, it's dull as fuck. That movie is. Yeah, yeah. That's that Scorsese autopilot. Whenever he's like, give him an Oscar finally, and they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. And now we all have to fine, pretend yeah. that's like one of his good movies. No, Mr. Rivers right. a good Boston movie. You got Mr. River in the town. That's about about it. Was Gone Baby Gone? That was a boss. Oh, Gone Baby Gone is good one... too. Yeah, but these yeah. are all based on books. I think that's where we are uh, noticing the difference True. here. Some shit like Boondock Saints, where it's just like, yeah, we're from Boston. Let's put our cool Boston shit on screen. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that. No, the uh, LA Times from Boston. He's a good guy. I really, I actually, I love Boston. I've been there once or twice. It's a nice place. It's it's fun to be at. I'm not gonna. I've heard good things. Yeah. yeah. But just that movies are no Fuck him. Yeah. Right. Fuck that yeah. guy. Give yeah. Deathstalker a break, man. They're doing the best they can with, with their budget yeah. and everything. Also, if you're not entertained by just 80 minutes of, you know, tits and sword play, I don't know what to tell. Like, number one, what did yeah. you come into this movie for? Number two, like, it's got to be a big surprise at how many tits were in this movie, at the very least. Exactly. Like, I was surprised. And I've been around the block. I, I was. <laughs> right. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen a lot of movies with some tits, but this one, this one is up there with... Uh... Private school in terms of yeah, it's better than private and school, just... and it goes way quicker. Oh, absolutely! And you don't have to deal with uh -huh. a lot of the bullshit in that, like that entire ending scene with Matthew Modine. You know what? I would have liked to see Matthew Modine in this movie just get his head chopped off or something. Get his head chopped off. <laughs> exactly. Tie him up to four horses and have him run different ways. Oh God, that was. <laughs> well, oh, before we get to that, I, I was about to mention the gladiator scene, which is basically just like a WWF mm -hmm. match. You must have been. Fucking jerking off all over that. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought the same thing. It was like some of these guys are like drop kicking each other and like, yeah. <laughs> shoulders and stuff. Yeah. Elbows. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. I think yeah, I saw somebody like bring the... a chair in there and break it over somebody's back. Yeah. yeah. That's basically all it was. <laughs> this one guy like thinks he has the upper hand and he like looks at a chick in the audience and they kind of give each other a look and then he gets instantly murdered. Right. Then, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this movie is so good. <laughs> the uh Los Angeles Times um noted that the film was funny on purpose and pleasantly silly. 
There you go. Praised its brisk, yeah, it praised its brisk direction. Back when rapes were just funny and nobody like took exactly. <laughs> it is well, a little funny. Silly. <laughs> yeah, it is a little funny how nobody even thought twice about that kind of shit back then, though. You know, like even as much as I'm saying, like, okay, I get it. I, I, this sounds shitty to say this. Uh, I, I'm gonna backpedal a little bit on how much fun I had with this movie, be, despite that crap. And I get that if like you've been traumatized in some way, you you should stay the fuck away from this movie. But absolutely, there was a time where this was just like nobody even like mentioned it. You know, there there was right. a time where the hero was a fucking rapist, and you're just like, well, yes. you just you just took on faith. You're like, well, that's just what it was like in the those times or whatever. Even right. though the movie's 100 percent playing it up for titillation and and you know whatever, it's just another excuse to get some boobs out there. So it's kind of like I don't know what to think of this, but. But but I, here here's here's my litmus test for that. If you were to cut those points out, would this movie still be awesome? And and the answer is yes. Yeah. See, there so, you go. Well, you know, I, I don't need the rapes in there. Get rid of the rapes. Actually, to, to right. be fair, there's no actual rapes, and I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for the guy, but it's yeah. not exactly like you're you're watching rapes in this movie. There's just yeah you know, <clears throat> some scenes that start a little questionably, and then luckily it, it right. Not like script, uh, Death but... Wish 2, which had it like four different times in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but like those are the bad rape. guys, at least. Yeah, yeah. right. Right, no, true. Know, but... <laughs> it's not your hero. It's not Charles Bronson raping people. <laughs> what? What? I can't rape the girl? Who? Oi! Pussy had a Death Wish. I gotta pound it. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be weird. So, so, so to that end, Rick Hill doesn't really. I, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I wish I wrote down some more of his his dialogue. Uh, I, he was. <laughs> oh man, like, you want to talk dialogue? Wait till it. the next movie. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> this is gonna be one where I think dubbing in some shit is gonna be beneficial. But God, I guess sure. So much, so much work. Um. <laughs> I, yeah, he 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 looks the part. He's he's serviceable. He's adequate. We kind of talked about him a little. Uh, he, he's not a. As much as I look at him, I'm like he's fine. But then there's other times where it's like, God, this guy is a total fucking like blank slate. Like, yeah. He's just a complete yeah. cipher, you know, just blonde. Right. Blonde. Well, blonde is can be, but bland is can be. I I. There were times where I just didn't know how to like take his. Is is he happy? Upset? Angry? None of the above. <laughs> just right. Just the most basic bare bones of a performance. There's zero charisma. Feel guilty saying that could maybe be good in something else. He's he's almost kind of hindered by this movie that only has time for him to walk around and and kill shit and mm-hmm. rape shit. <laughs> but um, it's just like the movie doesn't allow him to give a performance. You know what I mean? It's like I, I I'm not yeah. dissing the movie. I, I like the movie obviously, and uh, and I think he's fine. But I think if the movie were a little better, he might have been a little better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's almost like they told him to be as bland and basic as possible. And, <laughs> and you know, physically he's fine. And, and the more dramatic moments the movie seems to go out of its way to make him look silly and unconvincing. It's almost like that's what they wanted or that was the the, the point. Like, it was supposed to be funny. And, and I don't know. We're too far removed from it now for me to know if this is winking <laughs> shit or just crappy 1983 shit. Right. But, because I mean, they, they they definitely seem to be having fun with it, the director, especially you know. But like you said, I don't. How much was meant to be serious and it just falls on its face? Yeah. 
or how was he intentionally having this almost be like a parody or something? It'd be really hard to watch this movie and and think, oh man, we're supposed to be taking this seriously, you know? Like I, the like the <laughs> right. movie's got a number one. I would say that even if you didn't already have Conan, but number two, it's this is already like this is a movie just trying to like riff on something else. So they 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 have to just be like, let's just give the people all this like crazy nonsense. I I, I can't believe that they thought right. this was gonna be a legitimate <laughs> traumatic action film or whatever but uh right who fucking knows anyway he gets the chalice and all that and uh beats monkar and then has monkar torn apart by horses which you mentioned uh he he holds the sword and chalice up lightning hits it or whatever the fuck and the score comes up and then immediately cuts the end credits nothing else and that <laughs> is fucking amazing everything about this movie is fucking amazing <laughs> This movie does yeah. gives no shits at all, and yeah, I totally agree. I appreciate the fuck out of it. For and me. more power. Yeah, exactly. I I was so pleasantly surprised by this. I I honestly thought this was gonna be just some shit. Yeah, just some shit. Yeah. Yeah, we thought both of these <laughs> were just like, should we even bother doing this yeah. week? Like, fuck, right? <laughs> but, and I was like, oh, you know, we got it. that's kind of the point. Let's let's check out some of this random shit and uh, yeah. Yeah, faith was rewarded, my friend. I, I, Tubi has all the the sequels and spinoffs. If I didn't have another movie to watch for this podcast, I would have just watched them all. I mean, Deathstalker fucks. Yeah. I want, I want more of them. We do have a uh, a bonus episode planned for later in September with no movies picked out. So mm. you could, you might. We'll we'll discuss more, but yeah. You could see a return to the Deathstalker realm. Well, you know what we could do, too, is I didn't know this going into it, even though the title kind of gives it away, but you know, it's such a generic title. Who knows? Return of the Ninja is a sequel, which we did not do the first one. So maybe that episode can be uh, the first of the, first of the Ninja yeah. and the uh, second of the Deathstalker. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got to say about this one? Uh, we kind of mentioned the box office a little bit. It cost... Uh, I don't know what I say, two hundred fifty thousand to make, and it made eleven million. That's yeah, four hundred eighty-seven thousand was the budget, or four fifty-seven was the budget, made eleven point nine. Nice. Um, not sure if it's gonna list, um, like opening weekend or anything. Oh, I got the I got the box office. If well, let's just save them for the end. Well, yeah, we'll save that for the end. Yep. Yeah, uh, stars. This is a tough one because these are the kind of movies where I'm just like four stars, the fucking rules. But you know, relative to I, I guess expectations, it's at least a three star film. And yeah, uh, I love the shit out of it personally. I'd, I'd go four for what it is. So I'm just gonna split the difference and say three and a half. There you go. I will. Uh, I will do it a little less. I'll, I'll give it three stars. What? Um, yeah. Why? <laughs> I think like I what think boxes mainly... did this movie not tick for you? And don't say the rape, so you just make me look like an asshole. <laughs> there was children in fear. No, um, it was uh, I. It was mainly Rick Hill's um, performance that or lack of. it down a whole half star for you. Listen, half star for me. Yeah, yeah. But just the idea that we had no idea what this movie was, thought it was gonna right. suck, and then turn this on and like this is what we got. Like this movie couldn't have been any better. Like this was. I, I would watch this again before Conan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Conan Conan didn't 
didn't entertain me half as much as this movie. So did. cool. Why are you like pulling your punches on this one then? I don't want to like go to the mat over <laughs> half a star, but I really don't understand what yeah. your fucking problem is. <laughs> I guess maybe I take my ratings too seriously. <laughs> I I would have gone. I was about to go four, and I just kind of hedged a little bit, thinking, well, okay, I don't want to be the guy that gives Deathstalker four stars, but. And that's where I was mentally about giving it three and a half. I was pondering giving it three and a half. Tell you what, I don't know I'm going to move up to that. four. You go to three and a half. All right, deal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so much integrity. Yeah. Either way, it's the it's the best movie of 1983 so far. Fuck <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, dude. I don't know about that. I mean, there's probably better movies, but. <laughs> It's it's the most fun. It's no, it's not even the most fun I've had. There, we've seen some that I've had fun with, but like, again, zero expectations, not even knowing what to expect, and then also me kind of being like, yeah. I remember you saying last week, it's it's on the it's on the pod if people listen to it. You're like, we were contemplating doing this. You're like, ah, oh, it's a sword and sword thing. I'm like, oh, I fucking hate those, you know. And I <laughs> I really did not want to. It's not that I didn't want to do it, yeah. but I, I I didn't give a shit, and I had nothing but just thinking we were going to rip this thing apart when we talked about it and it's it's one of the, the most fun movies i've seen in a long long time so i'd say it's a three and a half star affair <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad she finally came around i'm dropping back down to three and a half by the way fuck you all right there we go <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna grab a beer all right and uh all right i'll be back all right me too I always thought it'd be cool if I had a hazy beer, I would spell it H E Y Z dash hazy hazy. Yeah, I like it. I'm sure somebody's probably done that, but (laughs) (laughs) all right. Our next film is Return of the Ninja. Uh, This is Revenge. Is it Revenge? Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) That's all right. I was going to say this is another in the long line of 1980s ninja films, <laughs> particularly <Yeah. laughs> those by Golan Globus and the Canon Corp. Uh, so I don't think I am, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out with just saying the wrong wrong title. So yes, <laughs> Revenge of the Ninja, released September 7th, 1983. Directed by Sam Furstenberg. Sam Furstenberg made a lot of these ninja movies. I guess we can get into he sure did. filmography at some point. But it is the second installment in Canon Films' Ninja Trilogy, apparently. It's an anthology series. Yeah. Starting with Enter the Ninja in 81 and ending with Ninja 3. Domination in 84. Very <laughs> successful right. at the box office, despite receiving mixed reviews from critics. It stars show or show. I don't know. Okay. See, I'm going to really butcher it's this show. show yeah. Okay. Kas- Kasugi. Yep. You did it, U-G-I. All right. Um, yep. Born in 1948. Japanese actor, martial artist, writer, extensive training in a bunch of stuff. I cannot pronounce except for maybe karate, <laughs> judo, Aikido. That's Seagal's deal. He's got it all, man. Usually you just like master yeah, one thing. He's doing it all. Former All Japan Karate Champion, gained popularity as an actor during the 1980s, often playing ninjas. He starred in a trilogy of martial arts ninja films produced by Canon Films, the aforementioned Ninja Trilogy, uh, before starring in the primetime television series of The Master. 
His work helped establish ninjas as a popular culture, leading to the ninja boom or ninja mania of the early to mid 1980s. <laughs> most of there his... was a lot of ninjas. Yeah, well, I was about to say most of his filmography is stuff from Japan, though. So if you get past all this stuff, he really doesn't have a lot of crap you've heard of, and, and the stuff that he does have, which is lengthy, he's got a lot of stuff, but it's all all Japanese based and. Most of it yeah. doesn't make its way over here. But uh, yeah, he got a lot of work. It just wasn't a lot in American movies, but maybe that's for the best. Much like our first film, this movie wastes no fucking time either. Jumps right into Tokyo, <laughs> Japan on the title card. Quickly moving through the opening <laughs> credits, right into some silly action. This movie calls itself out right at the start for some you know campy shit that people like me are probably going to love. Um I I was all on board with this movie for a little while. Kind of lost me as it went along. I feel like it's only 90 minutes long, but unlike Deathstalker, which feels like half its running time, this one definitely starts to feel like it's running time as it goes on. Um, lot less boobs, maybe that's yes, the definitely. reason. I don't know. At least our our hero is not a rapist. Um, but <laughs> that's true. But there there is some very funny, unintentionally funny. I'm assuming stuff in this movie. This movie is is also very very entertaining i don't know all right let, let's uh not get too far ahead have you seen this one heard of it seen any of those other three seen this trilogy uh seen a lot of ninja I, movies in the 80s where yeah. are you with the ninja shit <laughs> i have i had not heard of this movie or it's or it's trilogy i'd heard of show kasugi i don't know where i don't even know if i've seen him in anything but uh i much like you is getting a confused with American Ninja, which with yeah. Michael Dudikoff, which we're, we'll get to because it's from the same director. Um, but yeah, big. I was a big fan of, of ninja type shit in those days, so I would this would have been right up my wheelhouse if I was, you know, ten. Yeah, that would have been like the absolute perfect time for me to see this movie. Nine yeah. or ten. And what did you think of it at forty four? Five. Um, Ooh. Well, yeah, we'll say forty-four. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I it, it very much, very much the same as you. Like it, it started out as a, a as a campy, some somewhat cringy, but but entertaining uh, movie. But then it just it just kept going and kept going, and yeah. you get more into the um, the guy who plays his rival, his former friend who turns into his rival. Like there's far too many scenes with that guy yeah. like it just they kind of repeat themselves a lot with with some of the scenes yeah and it could have been a, an 80 minute thing like the last movie and oh yeah i mean not that 10 minutes makes all the difference i think some of this is just story and characters and and whatever but um like you said if they were to chop out some of the uh, ancillary stuff that we don't yeah feel like we need as much not only would it have been a tighter movie but it, it probably would have some of the criticisms might have fallen away. That said, I'm not I'm not dumping on this movie either. Um, it starts with a, a brutal, uh, or would be if it wasn't <laughs> so awesomely shot, attack on. Uh, uh, how, all right, how are we pronouncing his name? Cho. Is it Cho? Show. 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 Osaki. Yep. Kasugi. Show. Os- Kasugi. <laughs> what? I thought it's Osaki. Yeah, Sho Kasugi. No, 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 oh, no. His, his, his character. Name. Oh, his name Sho, is... Oh, sorry. Sho Osaki. Sho Osaki. Yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Racist. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, an attack on his house by an army of uh, his rival ninja clan. 
resulting in the slaughter of his entire family except for his mother and his younger son, Kane. Uh, Brayden, Cho's art dealer friend, wants him to open an art gallery and move to the U.S. He, he says, my father, my grandfather were killed fighting in this land. I have to stay here. He's like, you're going to stay here and wait till the same thing happens to you? That's crazy. And then, dun, 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 they walk in and his whole family, except for his grandma and his son, are, are murdered. Uh-huh. His one, uh, his one child gets a shoot, uh, shooting star thrown through his head. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yeah, this movie is not, uh, also not made for the, the 2023 set. <laughs> Much like yeah. our last film. I just wrote this, and I don't know what it means. The dialogue at the 9.30 minute mark is just... 9.30 minute mark. 9 minutes, 30 seconds mark. Is just dot, dot, dot. So I, I, that's something I'm gonna have to go back and <laughs> splice in here. Something about you can't fight the ninja forever is the one thing I wrote down. So. Okay. Yeah. After realizing his whole family's dead. He, yeah. That's right. Uh, some that's of their conversations, Braden. the him and his him and his friend, uh, uh, Cho mm-hmm. and uh, Braden, are are pretty yeah. fucking hilarious. That exchange I kind of tried to sort of ad lib about why he should come to the U S and why he won't and all that. It's just, man. Um, and the close-ups and tight shots and stuff, uh, chef's kiss, just, (laughs) yeah. uh, Kudos to our, our buddy, uh, Sam, uh, what is it? Furstenberg. Furstenberg. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's, that's one thing he gets right in this film is all that stuff. Uh, so then anyway, it cuts to six years later in the U.S. Shows moms at age like 20 years in that point for some reason. I don't know. She's <laughs> <laughs> like this little old lady. I did notice that. And, yeah. <laughs> and Cho's son, Kane, is like six or seven and beats the shit out of a bunch of bullies. Uh, and, yeah. and also, they're real asshole bullies to pick on an old lady in a kindergarten or whatever this kid would be. At right? Like, they're like 13, 14 years old. Why would they even be fucking with these people? I don't... Yeah. The the answer by the answer is it it's fake. It doesn't that would not happen. Yeah. But this movie would never happen. But this movie wants it to happen, right? Right. Kane, by the way, is played by the son of Sho Kasugi, Kane Kasugi, making his film debut. Oh. He yells at him for fighting and he says it doesn't matter where you raise oh no, I'm sorry. So fuck. Okay. So (laughs) Cho yells at Kane for fighting, right? And then mm-hmm. his mom says, Cho, it does not matter where you raise him. You just teach him the way of the ninja. It's family tradition. As if it's like box making or some shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, listen, it's the family of the ninja. It's family tradition. Just just fucking show him how to fight. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I get what that's work at an art gallery. And... Yeah. I get what that <laughs> yeah. speech is going for, but like everything else in this movie, mm-hmm. it's mostly hilarious and you know, Cliff knows <laughs> shit of these tropes. And the script sounds like it was written by somebody who watched three ninja movies and was like, I can do that. And then just sat down and wrote the first draft of a fucking ninja movie. And they're like, Oh, you're, <laughs> you're hired. And that's not a criticism. Man. I mean, that's, 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 that's a bonkers ass movie for the first little while. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, and he's like, I've given up fighting. My sword is sealed forever here in America. I will not follow the way of the ninja. No more. 
And then uh, Kane's like, but why, Daddy? He says, because the way, the ninja way, but the way killed your mother. So remember, you are not samurai, not ninja. We only practice with our sword uh, uh, for tradition. And then, <laughs> like to honor tradition, I think he says. And then the kid goes yeah. off to show, demonstrate how he's like a fucking like murderer. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, right. yes, daddy. He's like, okay, now show me. And he's like, wah, wah, wah. just fucking, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, of course the kid's amazing. Uh, but the craziest thing about the scene is that a blonde girl in a short robe walks in during this and the kid <laughs> reveals it, <laughs> reveals herself to be this like horny student nanny thing. That's clearly in the yeah. show. She's like, <laughs> He's like, if you want to work out, you forgot your pants. And but then it doesn't like <laughs> doesn't stop him from sparring with her. And naturally she has no underwear on her, this little tiny robe, but admirably, you know, Cho resists her advances. <laughs> and I say admirably not so much for Cho's sake, but because it shows some restraint on this movie's part. I figured it was going to be some cheap moment where they just shoehorn in a sex scene, but they they hold off. So somehow they showed restraint. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Turns out this girl works for Brayden, who is actually using Cho's art to smuggle heroin. So inside all these little art artifacts that Cho has retired to the U.S. to to do per Brayden's request and get away from the way of the ninja and all this other stuff. Uh, now Brayden's actually a heroin smuggling piece of shit. Yeah. And gets his whole family right back in the game, man. Gets, yeah. gets Cho... Only a ninja can stop a ninja. There's a throwing star to the informant's eye uh, in a slow-mo. <laughs> yes, there is. Where he falls into a fountain. I thought that was pretty great. Uh-huh. Yeah, with all the people kind of slowly walking in the background, not even looking at this guy who's got a, a <laughs> shooting star thrown. <laughs> and I love the like the that buzzy synth. 80s score in this like every time something happens it's like (laughs) that's pretty cool i enjoyed the score in this movie too yeah i had that written down there's that native american guy who jumps from a second story window with a crate (laughs) yes that shit was bonkers cracks jill right over the head in slow motion (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was great yeah that that fight scene goes on for like 10 minutes there's a car chase and then more fighting and then yeah. just bonkers yeah i will say unlike they our... all fall out of the moving car yeah i mean yeah the stunts in this movie and all that kind of stuff that's what what this movie is made for but uh, i'll say as opposed to our first movie where i actually kind of wrote down some of the like plot beats or character things this movie is probably something like writing down a list of like funny sh- or like fun stuff you know like i i don't really have sure. any idea what the hell i don't think anything was really going on i mean obviously you've established that brayden is a traitor and actually a bad guy and whatever and cho now is got to like i'm not even sure like what keeps happening that makes cho like if cho's just there selling all this stuff and uh, and brayden's heroines yeah. in it like i don't I don't know what's like continually driving this plot forward, but I just wrote down a list of all like the funny shit that happened in it. Whereas in the other movie, I had no idea what was going on either, but at least all the scenes kind of hung together. And this one, it's just like, oh, here's another fight sequence yeah. with some other guys. I'm really not sure. They introduced like a detective character in this movie halfway through. That guy is terrible. Like he's a really he bad terrible. actor. 
like he's like dragging this movie yeah. way down. He's got to be like the director's yeah. nephew or something. I have no idea why <laughs> that guy's in this movie. He must be some kickboxer dude or something, because maybe that's where he got his start. Because he he seemed to be somewhat athletic, but yeah, as an actor, he was dull. Right. He was divisively no, well, derivatively dull. Well, that's that's the other thing. Like, of course, he's this guy who's his friend or whatever he is but he also happens to be a guy who knows martial arts really well and he's Mm -hmm. the the head of the narcotics task force or fucking whatever he is on the he wears a jacket that says police on it right i mean (laughs) again i'm not gonna like get down in this movie for that stuff like that's kind of what we're coming into this for but it it does yeah but the shit starts to pile up a little bit especially when that guy is just as as bad as he is. It's funny for a little while, and then you're just like, oh my god, they couldn't find anybody better than this guy? <laughs> right, like, there's no way that was actually the actor playing Braden doing any of that stuff in the mask, I'm guessing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I worry a little bit sometimes when they say this kind of stuff. Like, let's say, okay, let's say you're, what's that guy's name? I wrote it down, and now I can't find it. But uh, the the guy who plays his partner that we're ripping about being a terrible actor. You you find it when oh, I make this uh, point I'm trying to make. Okay. Uh, Virgil Fry. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So yeah. let's say you're Virgil Fry, right? And you're mm-hmm. out there living your life and you're, you know, who knows what he's doing nowadays. Um, but say our podcast pops up and it's like, oh, somebody's talking about Revenge of the Ninja. Let me go listen to it. Mm-hmm. And we're mostly like complimentary. And then we're just like, oh, except for that fucking guy. Like, I don't want to be that guy that like <laughs> throws this guy into the bus. Who's sure. like, be excited to listen <laughs> to two guys talk about his movie from however long ago. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sure he's a, a great guy. I, I don't, I just don't know why they left some of these takes. And I, I, I'm sure the director could have been like, Hey, that, that sounded a little, you know, pitchy or whatever dog. As if the director yeah. was Randy. <laughs> J- I don't know. But like, <laughs> you, <laughs> like let's just give it let's give it one more go or it doesn't sound like we are right. cutting you in from some other like you're reading it in another room not reacting to anybody and then right because you're standing right behind this guy and it sounds like you're talking to somebody on some other planet yeah. or something so i don't know nothing against the guy he he seems yeah. like a, a good guy but yeah that that's he was a uh, golden gloves boxing champion okay and uh so they got him more for his athleticism had, than his uh, uh right yeah well that makes a little more sense. he's the father of sean fry who was uh one of the older brother's friends in et and his daughter is soleil moon fry oh shit well now i'm gonna have yeah. him <laughs> sean yeah. well he's dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. I was about to say Virgil's I, no longer with. I was about to say I think he died, and I could I I, I wrote this down somewhere. Yeah. But we're way ahead of my notes at this point, but um, I yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't think he's gonna listen to it and be too upset. So yeah, because he's dead. Right. How did he die? It's not by like Ninja Star, is it? No, he had the the frontotemporal dementia, which uh, I believe is what God Bruce has, right? Yeah. yeah. When, yep, when died he died in a nursing home. Uh, in 2012, at the age of 81. Well, okay, 81. Yeah, 81's pretty... a good life. Wait, right. 2012, 81. So how old is he in this movie? Like fucking 50. Well, like he looks 50? younger than that. Yeah. We sure we're talking is about this... the right guy. No. 
he uh no i think i got fucked up on that too hold on let me see i think i got it he plays lieutenant dime in in this movie yeah, I that think that's him. him? Well, here, yeah, let's just keep going through the movie. Maybe we'll come to it organically, okay. you know. I'll be... Anyway, so there's a bathtub sex scene, which seems just kind of like shoehorned in. And I was like, oh, maybe this movie's going to finally start going the route of some of these other movies. Nope. Do not come to this one for the boobs. That's yeah. pretty much the only scene. We're teased a little bit by uh, what's-her-face. Whoever the... Did we already mention her? The blonde I thought, gal? Yeah, I thought I mentioned her. Her name's like uh, like Christy or Charlie or something like that. Kathy. Kathy. Okay. Yeah. She's um, played by uh, Ashley Ferrer. Yeah. There's dialogue and shit. Like, do it for me as a personal favor. And, and you know, I'm saying that, like, you're, you're thinking, oh, that, yeah, they say it in a lot of movies, but what's wrong with that? But when you hear the people in the movie say it, it's, it's worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Now, I did write this. I feel like if I was going to make a movie, or at least a first movie, mm-hmm. I hope it would turn out like this movie. <laughs> and I don't know, I, like, True. like no, I, I mean, I, I would rather make a movie that looks like a, you know, a fucking Steven Spielberg movie. But like, I'm just saying, like, sure. If, if I, somebody's just like, here's, here's, what does this movie got? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever. I, I think, you know, it's, it's cheaply shot and a lot of stuff of its day and and whatnot. But it's the kind of thing that now, if someone were to try to mimic this, they Right there, we went through that whole craze in the uh, mid two thousands, where everybody's like, "Oh, let's make movies that look like grindhouse movies or or whatever." You yeah, know? and <clears throat> right, and they would have to work really hard to get this aesthetic right. And I think this movie, the way it looks and is shot and everything, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny and whatnot, but it's it's certainly mm-hmm. I don't know if charming's the right word, but endearing and. Uh, I would be pretty satisfied yeah, if, if I had this film on my resume. Now, I would have done some stuff differently. I would have maybe swapped out some performances and added some more boobs yeah. and, you know, maybe had like a Deathstalker Revenge of the Ninja mashup kind of thing going on. <laughs> Not in right. terms of like those two characters, but I'm just saying like I would have taken a little more from, from Deathstalker and added it to this. But, but yeah, this is a movie that I think somebody could watch and sort of be proud that Hey, I made that, and that holds together this way, yeah. and it's super entertaining, and and all that. Anyway, that's that's how I felt about it halfway through the movie. Okay, yeah, and then, <laughs> right. then the uh, third act starts or whatever. Yeah, you call it. it didn't. It doesn't like it yeah. like lost me or it got worse or anything. It just you know yeah. it wasn't it it didn't keep me on the line the same way Deathstalker did. But right. Anyway, I have to. Uh... Sorry, yeah. Can I yeah. make an amendment? Can, I got to make an amendment. Yeah, you figure quick. out who actually um, that guy is, and now he's yes. alive, and he's gonna be yeah. upset. I knew it. I I didn't think he was dead because I remember thinking about the fact that I was gonna trash talk him when I wrote it down, mm-hmm. and I said to myself what I said to you a second ago, which was I don't want this guy coming after me. Right, right. Well, the guy you're worried about is Keith Vitale, who plays Dave Hatcher. Right. And uh, Keith Vitale is an American karate master and former number one ranked full contact fight champion. Okay. Well, so, yeah. I take back everything I said, Keith. <laughs> and Virgil, I'm sorry. Sorry, Punky Brewster. Yeah. So who did he play? Virgil Fry played uh, a Lieutenant Dime, who was like the older oh, cop who okay. wore the suit. Yep, and he yep. was... And that makes more sense because that guy was no way fucking 50. 50, right. 
I mean, he was, but not the yeah, guy he we was. thought he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like Cho's torn pants after being dragged behind a van he was trying to get on. And the way he gets off is another car literally plows into the door that he's hanging on and being dragged on. And just kind of uh-huh. knocks him free when that shit would have completely fucking killed him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, the way he's dragging on the ground, like, yeah, your whole... Well, that, I mean, gonna... yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's insane. But even forget that. Let's say you made it through that. Then the way... Uh-huh. Then a car comes, hits... Yeah. He, like, he's riding a door. It hits the door, mm. bounces him off the fucking, like, to whatever. And he just kind of yeah. rolls away. He's like, oh, I'm glad that car came by and knocked me off this thing. Or I would have been fucking <laughs> hip right. deep and shitting wherever <laughs> that van went a minute ago. It's nuts. <laughs> Even the grandma in this movie is wasting fools. I thought it was funny when she was like suspected danger, and the first thing she grabbed was some piece of art to hit the intruder with. Even though she's in a studio or like a dojo or whatever with weapons all over the fucking place, yeah. she grabs this like little <laughs> knickknack. Grab a fucking sword, woman. Yeah, and then she's super unceremoniously killed. I I thought the scene was over. It cuts to the kid doing something. Then all of a sudden it goes back to the room with the grandma and the guy. And the guy just stuffs a sword through the wall. And then you hear her off screen go, or, you know, whatever. And it's like, and she's dead. Uh-huh. It's like, that's how she and dies. That's how this movie kills. Like, it, yeah. it, you, you are completely, you forget about her for 10 seconds. You think you're onto some other scene. Then all of a sudden it's just like, nope, jump cut back into room. Guy sword <laughs> kills grandma. And that's it. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. Fried, Friedberg or whatever his name is fucking really dropped the ball on that one. That's not good Who's editing. The, uh, what? <laughs> Who's the uh, Native American fellow? I want to. I want more oh, of that God, guy's we story. <laughs> we don't need to try figuring all that out. No, I, I wouldn't even know his name. There's a scene where uh, Cho beats up a bunch of village people. Or like the village. I don't know. There's a guy yes. there's like a construction worker. There's an Indian. There's a... And, and then... Yeah. He, one kick he destroys the table like he does a, he does a, like mm-hmm. a big like chop kick it destroys the table and all the guys go flying as if like mm-hmm. fucking superman <laughs> just hit the table or something. right <laughs> that was funny what was with the uh the guy who was um he was in like peewee's big adventure he was the um he was the the bodyguard of the the boy who stole peewee's bike um, he's in. He's like a sumo wrestler in this movie. Oh yeah, that guy. He's in a bunch of shit. Yeah, he's in like Showdown he in Little Tokyo. To... Pretty much anytime you need like a uh, an Asian heavy, he's in there. Yeah, the like silent guy who just like beats up a bunch of people and then the hero eventually kills. So right. Yeah. What about him? You want to know what's up with him? That he needed a guy that looked like um, that in this movie. That's all. They... That's how he gets <laughs> he... jobs. Period. Doesn't he, uh, isn't there some sort of attempted rape in that scene? Does he try and rape Kathy? I don't even remember. There's a scene where he's just wearing his sumo gross thong thingy and, and, uh, yeah, he attacks. That's what, that's what he wears in Showdown in Little Tokyo too. And he dies in a bath. Yes, he does. That's right. Yeah. That movie's underrated as fuck. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, look what we're up to. We haven't talked about the Dave character yet, although we have. Uh, <laughs> local police, martial arts trainer, and expert Dave Hatcher is assigned to find a consultant. Is assigned to find a consultant? That doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe that's what they asked him to do. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe they had to bring it. Anyway, Dave perso- persuades his friend Cho to see his boss, and Cho attests that only a ninja could commit these crimes, but refuses to aid the police any further. Dave is played by Keith Vitale. <laughs> And his line readings are a thing of beauty. <laughs> now would you it like to talk like about a... Keith Patel and what, what happened to him? I've seen performances in my life from the likes of Lawrence Olivier to Orson Welles all the way up to Tom Hanks. And um, uh, this has to be up there with some of the best work I've ever seen. Uh, Rick Hill? <laughs> Rick Hill. I've seen Rick Hill in action. Yeah. And Mr. Vitale is uh, Shakespearean in comparison to Rick Hill. I disagree. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were buttering him up. Now. Yeah, we we are. Listen, okay, <laughs> Dave or Rick or Keith, Keith, <laughs> Keith. Yep, I love you, man. I, I if if I was in this movie that very few people talked about it. and then i was like oh somebody's talking about my movie on a podcast and i dialed up to these two no name dumbasses and and they're sitting here talking shit about me i'd be upset about it too <laughs> totally feel that i i feel like we got to keep it real and talk about this performance but at the same time i I'm, I'm in your corner and i want to i want better things for you man i don't know how to describe this like i'm not, i'm really not trying to be a dick about it but like this is the one thing in this movie that is just like this guy walked in from a whole other Whole other thing, like <laughs> right. Got like, off the set of General Hospital and walked on to this. I don't know. It's not like anybody else is doing anything so great. Nobody in here is a great thespian or anything. Even that uh, what's his right. name, Brandon or whatever. Like he's not great Braden. either. Yeah, Braden. But oh, he's so nondescript. Yeah. Yeah, but even though when he's talking, like like I said, I, I I was like fill put in the lines of dialogue at this point because that's the only way to mm-hmm. convey how this sort of sounds or comes off um so you know he's not great either but uh god damn it just seemed like something they shot dave's scenes on a different day or like when the people weren't in the (laughs) the thing or i I don't know dave i I like you and everything i I don't know like he seems like an affable guy and i'm sure he kicked the shit out of me even now i'm he's apparently a what you say golden gloves fighter or something Oh, that uh, he was a uh, ninja master and a number one ranked uh, combat whatever in the world at one point. What the fuck? That guy? Yes. Are you sure you're number not talking about Sully and Moonfry's dad? Correct. Moonfry's okay. dad is well, the one who got me all fucked up. The lieutenant. All right. Yeah. Well, that guy, I'm sure, is very good at all that. Um <laughs> But that doesn't always translate into acting, and yeah. That He's said, I feel no like retreat. there's probably a point oh, where he was like, "Listen, director Friedberg or whatever, like give me a, give me another <laughs> shot, or like I could do better in a better movie or something like that." And that's that's probably all it yeah. boils down to. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm not gonna get on Dave's ass too much about being in this movie because honestly, that kind of shit just ends, adds to the charm, you know. Right. The uh, there's a scene where they the um, they're in the building where the the kids being held and there's like all these gangsters sitting outside with machine guns and 
And uh, Thatcher just walks up and just kicks the living shit out of all of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't want to deal that with that. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we've got Kane fighting. He's he's the six-year-old. And then you got Kathy, who... Now, Kathy's character is a little weird. She's into Cho. She's also their, yep. their nanny or whatever the fuck. His student, I guess. But also, she clearly looks after Kane and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She's also employed by... What's his name? Braden. Braden. Yeah. And he hypnotizes her into infiltrating Cho and Kane and but I don't know. So Kathy's like, you're just like your father, aren't you? You can sense it. You're right to be afraid. I'm going to take you and you can't stop me. Which is crazy dialogue in its own fucking right. I mean, who who fucking <laughs> says that? But then this kicks off a full-on fight sequence between a murderous adult woman and a six-year-old child. <laughs> yep. It's insane, dude. <laughs> it is. When, that's, when that scene started, I'm like, wait, now she's fighting? At least she has pants on for this occasion. Yeah, right. And she's uh, hypnotized. Uh-huh. And then we, then we got Dave saying some shit like, you're going after him, aren't you? And shows like, only a ninja can stop a ninja, even as wait. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> even as I was writing this, I was thinking there's no way to convey accurately how great slash terrible these lines sound. I mean, yeah, yeah. On paper, I'm sure they, they still sound cheap and cliche and, and you can see why someone would cite them as, you know, how pedestrian this movie is, but you have no fucking idea until you actually watch this movie. And, and maybe yeah. if you've seen some of these other ninja, I don't like. I haven't seen a lot of these, so I don't know. I I know the jokes in in the spoof movies about how lines are overdubbed and everybody sounds really whatever. But uh, so yeah, I guess if you've seen some other of these, Enter the Ninja and American, it may, like maybe you get this. But but if you right. haven't seen that shit and you haven't seen this, like the like you you have no fucking idea how this shit sounds <laughs> until you actually watch a movie like this. Like it's right. it's really really fucking weird, um, in in a good the, fun uh, way. I mean, like I was laughing at yeah. it and whatnot, but I mean, I don't know if that's yeah. what they're going for. Or... I honestly don't know. The only a ninja can stop a ninja was easily my favorite line of that movie. <laughs> yeah. But but well, again, we're just line, saying right? it. We're like, yeah, that's a good line, and okay, I can get why that's like. But you you don't know, like you have to hear that yeah. line in conversation the way they say it. Yes. He's so serious, yeah. like, only a ninja can stop a ninja. Like, I guess I gotta fucking go back to being a ninja now. God damn it! Yeah. Kane, you little bastard! Guy <laughs> no, doesn't say it happened. He climbs an entire uh, office building wall, which was kind of nuts. Yeah, with those little claw things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty good, though. I like the way they do that. You could tell, like, for that first scene, he's probably just, like, standing on a box. But then they actually, like... They, they go to trouble they didn't have to do of showing, like, a person on, like, a very high wall. Yeah. He was probably, yeah. like, crawling on a floor, and they just flipped the thing. But either way. They, <laughs> it could be. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Bad guy just opens a sauna door for a minute to evil laugh at the kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene. I thought he was going to go in there and, like, do something to the kid. He just opens the door. Yeah. He's like. <laughs> and then closes yeah. it and the kid's like okay i'm just yeah. sweating my ass off in this sun i'm like all right right <laughs> and kathy's in the 
hot tub getting like tortured for what takes about what seems to take about 20 minutes but it's probably only like two right and she's wearing like a white tank top and you're like oh here's where there's gonna be some gratuitous Uh nope and then but then that so you're like oh yeah maybe this movie is not gonna like uh, allow us to see that but then they cut to another scene where she's standing in her underwear in that wet tank top totally see through it and now she's back in the room with the kid again and the kid's just yeah. staring at her while she makes a fucking phone call. Like in this season. Like, this movie is nuts. Yeah. I, I have no idea what they were thinking. He he must have been having fun with it though. Yeah. Well, Getting I mean, to hang with boobies. Have this six year old just staring at you like, oh, okay, let me <laughs> make this phone call. Then there's right. that sword fight on the rooftop where there's like a badminton court or a volleyball court or whatever the hell they had yeah. set up out there. That's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, the and the finale fight is going to take place on a tennis or volleyball court? Yeah, I was like, this is weird. I, I do like when the villain got finally slashed. It's like one of these blood spurting uh-huh. shooting out. Uh, and then, yeah, it has is just an abrupt ending as Deathstalker. It's like, we're done. Let's go. Get the fuck out of here. Villain <laughs> yeah. dies. He hugs the kid. Done. Credits. Bye. Fuck. That's fuck it. Credits. Yep. <laughs> Bad guys are dead. And credits. <laughs> uh, yep. They knew. They knew they had another one in the in the making already, probably. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, we'll just end this one. I mean, this one didn't move as fast for me as Deathstalker. It's only 10 minutes longer, but uh, Deathstalker felt like an hour whereas this felt about like it's runtime um i don't know it's still fast paced and it's get in get out fun like we were saying i suppose yeah but uh this one didn't breeze by all that quickly um it's not a knock against it just just more kudos to deathstalker i think if anything right yeah definitely yeah and tasugi i meant to say actually is is a a serviceable action you know guy can he can do all the stuff and uh i know a lot of it was was stunt work but you could tell he was he was doing a lot too and he, he's kind of a badass in the movie but sure yeah he's good i mean uh, his acting is about yeah. on par with everybody else i guess but uh sure but again yeah, that's exactly. that's the, not, the, uh... the thing you sign up for with a movie like this like i i don't yep. know i wasn't bothered yep. by any of that including uh my buddy dave don't come after me Keith Vitale. Yeah, I love you, homie. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't bothered by it. I was just pointing out that however that shit went down, like nobody had any idea that to say, hey, maybe you should like refilm some of these scenes, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh in terms of delivery on the over the top kind of silly canon style ninja action, um, the way Deathstalker delivers on its Conan medieval sword and sorcery shit, I think this movie is about on par with being a fun entry in in a similar genre yeah um i haven't seen too many other ones though who knows maybe i would like a lot of them better i guess we'll have to watch a couple more as they come up Um, yeah i haven't uh have you seen american ninja i mean god if i did it was fucking 40 years ago ages ago yeah yeah or whenever it came out i don't know probably probably saw it five years after it came out when did it come out 84 so 89 maybe yeah Yeah, that would be the last time okay like we said this movie had a budget of uh 700,000 grossed 14.5 so it made a little more than death stalker but it also cost a little more so they both kind of had a fairly level return on their investment um and were good size hits for their day even now they're adjusted grosses of what 30 million and 40 i don't know it was at 2 million respectively would be some yep. some crazy shit for 
what's a just essentially a genre kind of niche audience exercise. Uh, they literally don't make them like this anymore, Peter. Uh, action junkies in E3 were that. just living the fucking dream, man. I don't know, but yeah, if <laughs> boobs and violence were your jam, then '83 you had to have been a happy boy. Yeah, I, I'd girl. say no, whatever. Both of these are great surprises, great fun. They're dumb, indefensible, and any sort of crucial merit, of course. But uh, in terms of that. Uh, they don't make them like that anymore, and, and that's kind of what the point of this podcast is, to like discover some of these. Um, I, I, yep. was, I was happily surprised by this week's stuff, especially since we did, almost didn't do these, you know? All right. I was I was glad we did. All right. Should we do some box office? Oh, wait. You want to rate this yeah. one? Uh, I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna... Yeah, you go. You go first. And I'll try not All to right. I'm going to give it. But... <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, two and a half stars. Yeah, my heart says two and a half, but I'm gonna go three. Yeah, I mean it's it could easily have gone three with me too. It, it's it's so it's very entertaining, even with its dragging a little bit. But yeah, you watched this one before Deathstalker, and I watched it after, mm-hmm. so it's interesting that we had the same reaction. I was thinking maybe like you'd be more into this one because it was first. Like, oh, I didn't realize it was gonna be this kind of silly thing, and then maybe you'd have the same takeaway I had with Deathstalker with this, yeah. and then. Maybe you didn't like Deathstalker as much because, but we've discovered that a bunch of boobs will change everybody's opinion. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's the cure all. All right, Peter. So Deathstalker came out September second yeah. of nineteen eighty three. Now, okay, I'm gonna tell you something. The movie <laughs> was not a instant hit. It premiered. Where did I see it? At number twenty for the weekend. Wow. Okay. With uh four hundred and fifty six thousand dollars, which to its credit, uh somehow banks eleven point five million. So this thing had some word right. of mouth or something. But what do you think the number one movie was of uh September second of nineteen eighty three? Now, before you guess this, yeah, I'm going to codify or qualify this with the movie that is number one is not only probably what you're expecting because it's been around for a long time but it's a movie that just kept doing better and better as it had been around longer and we've talked about this before okay okay uh it opened low and, and earned high over the, the long oh long. is it mr mom it is mr mom that was the number one movie uh it is in its seventh week of release and i think this is his first week at well it looks like it was number one the previous week too, but um, yeah, eight point two million dollars. It's at thirty one point five so far, and it's the wow. number one movie. Number two is a movie we've done on the podcast. Uh, it was number two the week before. Um, I don't know what to say about this. That is not going to give it away. I'll just say that it's been out five weeks at this point. So much like Mr. Mom, it's another one that's only kind of growing in stature okay. and this is why when we do these movies we're like well how the fuck these things don't have these small opening weekends and then some of them still climb on to make 10 times their opening weekend and yeah and this is one of them um so if it's week five i'm gonna guess risky business you are correct it was up all right 31 percent this week Whew. from the previous talk about week. word of mouth yeah it's just making money uh making more money yeah. 
6.3 this week, up to 36.8. Number three is a movie is also, we've also done on the podcast. It was the number three movie the previous week. It's dropped 11% this week. Still doing pretty well. So what week did you say it's in? Number three. Oh, it came out three weeks. Yep. Oh, no, I'm sorry. What uh, yeah. what week release? Number three, we week number three. Gotcha. Sorry. Number three um, the previous week. All threes. <laughs> uh, easy money. It is easy money. Four, all right. 4.073 this week. It's up to 19.6. Number four is another movie that's gained this week. 18. It's up 18%. This movie's been out six weeks. We did it on the podcast. Another just word of mouth hit. Uh, six weeks ago. Comedy. What? Think about what's okay. been dancing around uh, with Risky Business, Easy Money, and uh, Mr. Mom. It's the, the only other comedy I think we've done. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Vacation. Vacation. Four million this weekend. It's up to 49.398. It's still the number four movie in America. Number five is a movie that really just hasn't made a whole lot of money after 15 weeks and still being... The number five movie. Fifteen weeks. Uh, did we do it? Yeah. Fuck. I was being facetious when I said um, it hasn't made a lot of money. It's made like all the fucking money. Oh. Oh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Correct. <laughs> okay. Number that s- little indie hit. Yeah. Number six <laughs> is uh, you're not going to get this. So I'm going to say it. It's the uh, Canon Films version of Hercules. Uh, oh. It's in its second, right yeah, second week of release. Opened to number four the previous week. Um, it's up to $7.82 million. Made two point five this weekend. Number seven, talk about a movie hanging around. It's in its 21st week. You always forget this one every time I'm like, no, it's that one. And <laughs> it, it gained 37% this fucking week. It's at $81.49 million this over. Did we do it? Nope. Oh, Flashdance then. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starting to remember that more now. Number eight, we did do. Uh, it's also up 30% this weekend. It's in 13 weeks of release. 80.6 million bucks so far. Jeez, that's a long... Yeah. It's been a long, out a long time. I, I guess Memorial Day weekend, maybe the more people were going to the theaters. Because, man, 30%. Hey, man, whatever you got to do to work it out in your head, just tell me what it is. <laughs> um, and it's one we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a comedy? Yep. Two big comedy stars of the Trading. day. All right. Trading Places. Correct. All right. Number nine is another one. Uh, eight weeks in release. It's up 31% this weekend. And it's at 58.29 mil. We didn't do it on the podcast. We've talked about it a ton. Keeps popping up in these top tens. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's the other dancing one. That's, the sequel. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Staying alive. Staying alive is correct. And rounding out the top ten in its fourteenth week, it's up forty percent this weekend. Yeah, you must be right. This is Memorial Jesus. Day. People are just like fucking going to the movies again or something. Yeah. Uh, Sixty-eight point two million dollars so far. This is the one that does not have a monkey. <laughs> War games. Yeah. <laughs> number twelve wow. uh, is Cujo. At uh, it's week number four. This one dropped fifteen percent this week. It's up to eighteen point eight. 
um, some other stuff. Uh, Nightmares we talked about doing but did not. That opened. It's new this week at number 18. Private School is number 19. It's plus 7%. Um, but only made not even $500,000. It's at 14.049. Number 20 is Death Stalker. Um, again, that, that guy must have gotten some legs at some point. <laughs> yeah, for to make eleven million. Way down at twenty eight, we got Valley Girl, which we did a while back. It's in its nineteenth week. Um, made an additional one hundred and sixty four thousand dollars. Things about ready to tap out. It's at sixteen point one nine eight. Yeah, there's some movie called Puberty Blues. Way down at number thirty five. It's been out. Oh eight yeah, that's weeks. the Australian one or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do it. It's been out eight weeks. Last week was at number thirty one. 35 this week. It's made $22,000. So far, it's up to $169,000. And I think when we searched it to look it up, we only got a um, like TV show called Puberty Blues or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Peter. But so Revenge of the Ninja came out a couple days later. It came out the following. Yeah, well, it came out like five days later. Okay. So it would rank on the following week's chart, which I happen to have in front of me. And uh, I'm not going to bother doing this because it is pretty much the exact same chart. Um, Mr. Mom is number one. But here's what's noticeable with this chart. Everything is dropped. So Mr. Mom is number one, but it's down 43% from the previous weekend. Risky Business is number two. It's down 47% from the previous weekend. Uh, This movie Nightmares, uh, that bounced from 18 to number three, plus 336%. Must just add a bunch of screens. Vacation is number four down 43%. Easy Money is number five, down 50%. Star Wars is number six, down 54%. Flashdance, number seven, down 34%. Trading Places, down 38%. Number eight, St. Elias. This is the same list. Yeah. yeah. War Games is number 10. Uh, The only thing that really got screwed up is Hercules bounced out of number 10. Where was that? Number four before? It dropped 65%. Yeah. And that uh, Nightmares uh, bumped up to number three. Uh, Cujo is at 13, down 56%. It's at 19. This thing's going to only tap out around 20 something. Death Stalker is still at number 20. It's down 60%. I don't know how this movie made $11 million. That's got to be worldwide. <laughs> yeah, that can't oh, probably. Be. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even yeah, think about it that. It probably made a lot more money overseas. And uh, that uh, Return of the Ninja is not on this list. No. Oh, oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. Number 14, Revenge of the Ninja. Um, oh. It made $500,000 this weekend. It's on 93 screens. I imagine that goes wider at some other point because there's no way that movie made $14 million off a $900,000 opening. Off a of 500000 Yeah. Yeah. That's a, so. that's a respectable uh, opening weekend. Oh, let me tell you something. The following week, September 16th, mm-hmm. number one is Mr. Mom, down 18%. Uh, it made $3.8 million, up to 42.6. Number two is Still Risky Business, it's down 14%. Uh, it's up to 45. Number three, Revenge of the Ninja. It no way. It skyrockets 315%. Holy shit. <laughs> it added 343 theaters. Uh, made 2.2 or sorry 2.925 number four is vacation five is easy money 
where is that Death Stalker is climbing. It went to number 14. It's plus 206%. Added some screens. Yeah, let me just keep following this out. See where these guys end up. So the following week, it goes to the 23rd. Number five is Revenge of the Ninja. And number 15 is Death Stalker. Yeah, all these right. guys must so just hanging hang around. around. Yeah, exactly. They probably yep. just keep adding theaters and doing all right till they get to their plus 10 millions of dollars. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, Peter, why don't you tell the fans what we're in for next week? Next time you hear from the big 4-0, we are going to do another bonus episode. This is a uh, a celebration of one Ice-T. His real name is Tracy something. <laughs> um <laughs> which I didn't learn until recently. <laughs> oh we are going to be doing <laughs> we're going to be doing uh the 1991 film Ricochet with Denzel and Ice-T and John Lithgow and perhaps Lindsay Wagner. I don't know though for sure. She's in there. <laughs> okay, thank You're you. Correct. And uh the, the 1994 film Surviving the Game which I have never seen, so I'm excited to Can't believe you never uh, seen dive it. into this one. I know the plot always seems cool. Um, yeah, it's Tracy Morrow, by the way. So just so you're mm. okay. Thank at you. least at least he didn't come out as like one of those bone guys. You, I'm bone marrow or some shit. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> bone marrow. <laughs> I love Ice T. He's Sorry. one of my guys, and I won't yeah. I won't get into it now, but I'll I'll slobber all over him on the next one. So. All yeah, right, Peter, I'm this has been both efficient and entertaining. Uh, hopefully it'll prove to be one of our better episodes. You never know. Uh, listeners, Absolutely. I had a blast. Yeah, uh, you know, rate, like, subscribe. And um, I, it's been a long time since we come up with any good things to tell you to do. So I'll just, I'll just say, do, do what you feel. Whatever you got to do to get the word out there about the Big 4 You know, nobody really else is talking it. about Revenge of the Ninja and Deathstalker, especially Love Exactly. I mean, here we are. We're here for you. I don't even know if Rick Hill's talking about it. Uh, is he the one who's dead? Oh, no. that's No, he's just talking. <laughs> no, Virgil Fry's definitely not talking about it. God damn it. Dave? <laughs> Dave's probably uh, talking about it, but when people talk about it, he's probably over in the corner like, what? Oh, yeah, me too. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> he's better than me. I can't even do him. Like, So, yeah, like, it's, he's, still, he's still a good guy. Absolutely. All right. Peace out to uh, all of our Virgil Hills and uh, Rick Hills and and Dave. What? Mustaine and what? No, not that. Guy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's uh, something dead, right? Thatcher. Dave Mustaine died, didn't he? No, he's still alive. Yeah. Well, the Megadeth guy. Yeah, he's he's still with us. I thought he had like MS or something crazy. He might, but I, I well, know he's I still alive. Of? I thought there was some guy from one of those bands that. Met an early mm, I'm end. not sure. Dave. A lot of them. Mustaine. Dave. 61. Jeez. <laughs> Come for the Death Stalker. Stay for the Mega Death. <laughs> uh, personal life. Christianity. Oh, wow. Hmm. Martial arts. Well, it all came back. Dave Mustaine does martial arts. <laughs> All right. Peace yeah. out, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Peter, Ride I will talk to you in, sounds like, two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yep. In the meantime, you know. I'll be ready. Keep your nose clean. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Don't be. Uh, I won't. Don't be too rapey out there. I will. No matter I will. what chalice uh, you have to find. and <laughs> Exactly. What three Even powers of the universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, call call if you need some help though. Like I, I hope if you ever find yourself yeah. in a like a cauldron of women and mud, right, with an orgy a, going on. I, yeah, I will call you. <laughs> yes, of course you would be. <laughs> All right.